This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode one of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host, Mike Martinez, to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Episode one. I feel like this has taken a little bit to get going. That's an understatement, I think, Mike. Um, I had this brainchild about two years ago um, and brought it up to uh, some folks at the Open Project, and um, it's, it's 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 happening. I think the first official conversation was at the New York State AFERD conference. It was. Last year, maybe it even was. two ago. Yep. Absolutely. One of those late nights turned into a conversation about how to get more information out to people, and it was a pipe dream at first, and here we are here with we microphones go. in our faces, and we're recording a podcast. So I, I guess before we start heading into uh, what the podcast is all about and um, all the great things that, that uh, Open Phys Ed does, why don't we talk a little bit about ourselves, our backgrounds. Um, so why don't you start, Mike? Sure. As Mike mentioned, my name is Mike Martinez. I am currently a high school phys ed teacher in East Harlem, New York, going into my ninth year of teaching. Uh, my first, let's see, my first four years I taught K through four. Uh, my next three years, I taught K through eight. I uh, spent one year at the admin level overseeing a team of about 30, 34 phys ed teachers before going back into the classroom this year. And I feel like that background kind of gives me a lot of uh, cool experiences. Uh, all of my experience has been at the charter school uh, level environment, so it brings a bit of a unique perspective. But I think having taught K through 12 over the last nine plus years gives me a, kind of a, a unique lens to see different challenges and topics through that kind of help to shape who I am as a teacher overall. I'm currently also a member of the U.S. Games Presenters Network and a national trainer for openphysed.com. Or .org, I'm sorry. .org. <laughs> .com, .org. Uh, it's definitely .org, though. Who are um, you, Mike? So I am Mike Miller. My name is Mike Miller. And I uh, also currently teach high school in East Harlem. Actually, Mike and I are part of the same charter network, and we share a gymnasium. Don't tell anybody. But <laughs> um, a little bit of back about my, my background, uh, SUNY Cortland grad, all you Red Dragons out there. I began my career teaching middle school, six through eight, teaching um, phys ed and health. And then I moved on to teaching K-4. I taught there for four years. And now I find myself teaching ninth and 10th grade phys ed in East Harlem. This is my, I'm beginning my 11th year. Oof, I'm over a decade. My 11th year. Getting up there. Uh, in the classroom. So uh, pretty, pretty exciting. I feel that high school is is an interesting place. I taught and I, I, I coached varsity sports while I taught middle school. So I feel like I got that part of the experience, but not the full experience, obviously, because I wasn't teaching teaching classes at the high school level. So I think I think this year is going to be a big growth year for me, which is which is pretty exciting and a big change after having having little guys for the last four years. It's going to be very, very interesting. I can't stress how much fun this is going to be, how excited I am. Mike and I have had the privilege of knowing each other and working together for, I think this is going on year five. This is year five. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. first at the elementary school level together, now at the <laughs> high school level together, first time being in the same building. I feel like we're graduating together. Yes, seriously. <laughs> so I'm excited to take those experiences and all our past experiences, our coaching experiences, all things related to phys ed, athletics, sports, health. I mean, because we're going to talk about pretty much all of those things through the course of um, our continuing episodes here. So Sure. And I, I think that together with our experience, I think it's also very unique that of all the phys ed teachers in the world, 
we happen to be two who both live in the state of New York in work in the New York City area and live close enough where we can do this in the same room together. And the the great thing about being part of the uh, U.S. Game Strainers Network is we have, and I say we, I I'm, I kind of work on the side. I, I support the the open movement to grow the tribe, not directly as a trainer, but um, on the side. We have a connection to so many fantastic teachers, Teacher of the Year from a whole bunch of different states, and it's it's mind-boggling with how much knowledge and passion that we have access to that we are going to be able to share with all of you folks out there through through the Open Forum podcast. Absolutely. So I think it's a perfect segue into talking to talking about what are we hoping to accomplish with this podcast? What's the point of it? What's the goal? Mike, do you want to kick us off with some things that you think we can we can get done here? Sure. Uh, first and foremost, I feel that this outlet, this forum, is a great way to share best practices, the things that we do, the things that the folks that we have on do, um, all the great activities and, and um, experiences that we can create for our students, channel it through here. And, and we're not also saying that what we do is the best out there. Far um, from it, probably. <laughs> obviously, we're going to be bringing in all kinds of folks from all over the country to share their best practices as well and work on you know just getting those things out there one thing that i think you mike and our listeners will come to learn about me in time i am a tremendously selfish human being the one of the sole reasons for wanting to do this podcast and wanting to do the presentations that i do the pd sessions that i do i just love learning from other people and i figure if i can share a few tips a few tricks but then learn from 20 40 60 100 people Absolutely. who are there I'm going to be that much better as a teacher when I go back to my practice. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to not only answering questions from people, you know, for the purpose of developing everyone professionally, but also just interacting with amazing educators from all over the country, all over the world. I mean, once this goes live, people can hear it pretty much anywhere. Everywhere. So we're hoping to interact with people as often as we can, whether it's asking questions or just chiming in with a comment having people on as guests. Uh, again, I'm just looking forward to learn from as many people as possible and to share all great things related to PE. Nice. It's exciting, isn't it? It's very, very exciting. <laughs> people in Canada could be listening right now. Absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully they are. Hopefully they are. What up, Canada? <laughs> so you're going to hear a lot of um, us talk a lot about Open. Um, Open is a public service of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. It is a 100% free uh, pre-K through 12 curriculum. We're going to be spotlighting different modules. We're going to talk about different parts of the resource that you can use. I, I mean, the first thing I learned as a teacher was to steal as much as you can from other people. 100%. <laughs> as long as, you know, you give them credit where credit is due. But you you shouldn't be teaching inside of a bubble. The, the best thing that you can do as a teacher is be self-reflective and be able to reach out to the to the resources that are out there to refine your craft. And I feel that Open Phys Ed is a fantastic free resource that has a lot, a lot of great things in it. And the cool thing about it is you can take a piece, you can take the whole thing, you can change it up, you can do whatever you'd like with it, but it's, it's just, it's there for you. And it's there for teachers. And it's made 
by teachers, which is the coolest part. Absolutely. I don't know about you, Mike. I, I can still remember back to right after I graduated undergrad from SUNY Brockport. To, not to throw a little, <laughs> throw a little SUNY, SUNY versus SUNY competition yeah. out there. Um, but I, I remember getting my first job and digging through old textbooks and you know my, my, my methods classes stuff and trying to figure out what I should be teaching, how I should be teaching, how should I be assessing. I really, really wish that there was something like openphysed.org yeah, when I first graduated. I, I love that it's so user-friendly. It's, it's, well, first of all, I love that it's totally free. So anyone could pick it up anywhere, anytime. You know, if your district is tight on money, no big deal. You can log in for free or register for free, log in, and all this information is at your fingertips. I love that it's broken up by grade. I love that it, it's truly like one-stop shopping. You can click on a, a module, and it has everything you need in there from the obviously the activities that you would use, but the pacing schedule of how you should go through that unit, that module. It has academic vocab cards. It has depth of knowledge questions. It has self-assessments, peer assessments, uh, pencil and paper assessments. It's And it, like you were mentioning, it's fully customizable. You can download the whole module in PDF format and just use it as is. Or if you want to tweak some things to make it more more relatable to your student population or your, your school culture, you can download it as a Word document and customize it any way you see fit. Or if you have some slamming cooperative games unit that you already use it works well you know it, you you hit all your benchmarks everything like that just take the peer assessment like just just pick it out of there use it yourself you know and a, a cool feature speaking of people who already have you know banging units from top to bottom they're all it's also very collaborative you can submit ideas to open phys ed. of course there's a quality control quality piece to make control, sure yeah. that you know people aren't submitting nonsense on there but if you have something that you know works really, really well and you're excited about it and want to share it with the world, it, it it's fully collaborative as well. We're looking to make this as big of a resource as possible to benefit as many teachers as possible all across the country. Great. So now that we've talked a little bit about ourselves and what we're trying to accomplish here, uh, let's accomplish it. <laughs> <laughs> we we love open and uh, those are it's a really great resource, but um, let's get down to the nitty gritty starting the year. Starting the year Starting off. Starting the year. I know that, first of all, going back to open, if I had opened my first two years of teaching, it would have been way easier. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but starting the year, equipment, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like equipment is the one of the biggest obstacles to start the year because, I mean, working in New York City and having shared spaces and, and, and shared facilities, things tend to walk. Mm-hmm. So before you can really set yourself up for success and really dive into your backwards planning and your lesson planning for the first week, you know, so we, so you can have that great start. If all of your beanbags disappeared over the summer, <laughs> that's not going to be so possible. So what, is, what are a couple of tricks that you might use, Mike, for, for your inventory management? I don't use anything too terribly complicated. I simply have a Google Doc that I share with all the other phys ed teachers in our network. Uh, we have, I think it's 14 schools mm-hmm. in the New York City area. So when money gets tight, it's much easier for me to say, hey, Mike Miller, I'm looking to do a bowling unit. I don't have any bowling pins. Can I come borrow yours and do you know a nice little equipment swap that way? Um, I do. I take my inventory, my inventory at the beginning of the year, make sure I know what I have. That way, if I need to order anything, I can put in you know a request to acquire new materials and then I I usually don't even review that again until we get close to the end of the year that way I can keep track of what things did walk away or get ruined (laughs) 
just to quick throw a quick funny story out there, uh, Mike was in our building the other day, and I wanted to give him a little tour of, uh, of our new... I said to Mike, um, I've seen the space, but what does our closet look like? And so we go down to our equipment closet. I want to show him how, how nicely I organized everything before the year ended, how well I packed everything away. What I didn't, what we didn't realize upon opening the door is that there is a water leak in our equipment closet. A giant leak. And there's mold over all over a whole bunch of our fencing of our, equipment. Of our fencing equipment. Yeah. So Yes, fencing, by the way. It's little things like that where thank goodness this isn't the case, but if I was planning on using that for day one, week one, toast. and now it's waterlogged and covered in mold. That would throw me for a bit of a loop and get my year <laughs> off to a horrendous start. So I, I like to keep a, a some kind of a, a pen and paper or Google Doc inventory just so I know what I have at all times. And as I start thinking of new units that I want to incorporate, trying to figure out what things can I incorporate that I already have to try to save the school some money and just how I can be as creative as possible with my my belongings. See, my big challenge for this upcoming year is the fact that I am a founding teacher in my high school. So... We are literally building the plane as we fly it, which is incredibly nerve-wracking, but also amazingly exciting. And I had a nice little budget to to set me up for success with all the things that I wanted to accomplish this year with my with my vision and my passion. And it looked like the U.S. game Santa Claus <laughs> dropped 15 boxes uh, in my storage space this year, which is cool. But that adds a whole nother level of preparedness that you need for the beginning of the year. Because now it's not only you inventorying your equipment, Mike, and making sure everything is there and usable, but now it's all of the things that I'm bringing to the table and where we're going to put that. So obviously once it's all organized, the key to being able to streamline classes, especially when you're in a shared space, which I know a bunch of people out there are, is the way you set up your closet, which is which is a big, big thing. I love bins. I love color-coded bags. I love milk crates. Milk crates are, I don't know what I would do without milk crates. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much uh, any, any storage thing that you can see through yeah. is, is a huge plus. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and, and you could get like those flip top those flip top boxes from CVS, but the big problem with those is that you can't see in them. Right. So unless you have everything implicitly labeled, that's that's rough. You know, I can easily look on my shelves and see my milk crate full of pickleballs, and I can just grab those. Mm -hmm. But you know, if if you can't see in it and it's not labeled, then that's gonna be that's gonna be dicey. But being able and and that's that's more of a, a quality of life thing, mm -hmm. making sure everything is real real organized. That way you can come downstairs and you can just grab this, this, that, and just be ready for class, which, which I'm big on. I think we've both worked in schools where you might not have a ton of storage space, yeah. so you have to get very creative with how you're stacking things on top of other things. I like to kind of rearrange the closet every couple of units and pull the things that I'm going to be using closer to the front, things that I'm already finished with right. in the back. That way I know that they're out of the way. I'm not you know climbing over them. Uh, one other thing that just kind of came to mind as you were mentioning getting the the PE equipment fairy dropping off all these boxes <laughs> at your at your school. I can't stress the importance. I, I know there's a lot of people in a lot of districts and a lot of schools out there who might not have huge budgets every year where they can buy new things, who aren't building programs from scratch. I think it's a fantastic idea to have a district-wide shared Google document yeah. because that's something that is very, very easy to, to convince a district to spend a little bit of money now if it can be spread across 
four schools, five schools, ten schools. Especially if your schools are close by. Right. And say, hey, I'm going to use this Chukball set in November. He's going to use it in December. You're going to use it in February. And you get way more bang for your buck that way instead of saying, I need five sets of the same exact thing, which is going to cost thousands of dollars. So go Google Docs. Side note, I'm really super excited to teach Chukball this year. I am. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So now we have our stuff. Mm-hmm. What are we actually doing with children? I think it, for me, it starts with going over my scope and sequence. Mm-hmm. I was in the same position as you were last year, Mike, with building a, a brand new high school program that never existed before. <laughs> so I went right to the Shape America GLOs, the, yeah, you know, the, GLOs, the, the national standards, yep. and try to figure out what, what do I want my kids to learn? I was in a tough situation in that I did not know where where my kids were coming at skill-wise or, or knowledge-wise. So I started with eighth, ninth, 10th grade-ish outcomes. And kind of knew going in, I'm going to have to adjust, you know, once I once I get to meet my students and see where we're at. But I think that's like the, the first and probably last place to stop in terms of figuring out what you need to do, what you need to teach. Definitely going to those those grade level outcomes. Now we're going to go a little bit more in depth into backwards design as a whole um, in future episodes. Actually, it might be episode two. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but starting with that scope, scope of sequence. Scope and sequence, and making sure it leads to those um, those national grade level outcomes, I think is is amazing. And something that we do at our school network, which I find really really helpful, is that we have these essential questions, these these course wide essential questions that we jot down in the beginning to guide all of our planning. Correct. And it's hey, what do we want them? What do we want our students to learn from the course? And what questions do we want them to know the answers to? You know, just like just like regular outcomes, regular uh, regular planning, but on a on a larger scale. You know, what are these what are these questions that we want our students to be thinking about every single time they step in our gym? Whether it's how do I make sure I'm throwing with proper form, or how am I going to interact with the other students around me in a respectful way? And that is is built by your scope and sequence. As I was mentioning before, I pretty much took that Shape America document and picked out eighth grade-ish skills and concepts. I'm thinking specifically like invasion game mm-hmm. skills and concepts and thought, okay, I want to start with these, just kind of see where my kids are at. I know I want to revisit this maybe two months down the road to see how much knowledge was retained. Once you know what outcomes you want to teach, then I feel like it's easy to figure out, well, how do I want to teach it? Mm-hmm. With invasion games, there's I mean, there's no shortage of no. sports you can use to teach it. No. So I think like it, it got it gets people out of that that habit of thinking I'm teaching soccer in the fall and basketball in the winter. You can certainly do those things, but I don't think in terms of what sport I'm teaching, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of what what outcomes, what right. objectives I'm, I'm trying to hit. Because if you start the year with let's say team handball, which is the first base invasion game I'm teaching this year. Those concepts are going to carry over into pillow polo slash floor hockey in the spring. So those are tactical concepts, which I'm I'm a big proponent of teaching tactical concepts mm-hmm. and you know applying them to different sports and having them transfer. But you know that's that's a big thing to know. Oh man, I can knock one, two, three, four, five things off of my list. So then I can really dive into, let's say, the triangle offense or something like that when you get to... Easy, Phil Jackson. <laughs> when, when you get to, uh, you know, different team sports. 
So, as Mike mentioned, we are going to dig way deeper into creating a scope and sequence, curriculum mapping, all that good fun stuff. We could probably spend an hour talking yeah. about that, hours talking Absolutely. about that. For the, for the sake of, of brevity, once we have an idea of what we're teaching, when we're teaching it, I like to then take each individual unit and then start preparing my assessments. I know what I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm trying to accomplish. How am I going to test my students to make sure that they accomplish those or that they achieved that, that level of learning, that they, that they acquired a new skill, that they acquired a new concept? Um, what are some of your favorite assessments that you like to use in a unit? I'm a big one through four proficiency guy. Um, Absolutely. When I could set students up in stations or I could do it authentically, just being able to look at gameplay and really getting that authentic proficiency assessment and it's bam, one through four. You know, Johnny Johnny can throw with a mature pattern and he's hitting his target seven out of ten times, bam, he's proficient. I I find that I, I'd like to make my assessments as streamlined as possible mm -hmm. so that way it doesn't take up a lot of brain power, obviously, because I want to use as much brain power as I possibly can interacting and, and building those skills and big, building those relationships with my students. So I try to make – obviously, it's a big part of our planning uh, or my planning, but it, it, it doesn't take a front – it doesn't take a, like, a, like a front row seat. Right. It's not – it's not very heavy. Agreed. I also like using peer assessments, mm -hmm. and that's a that's a big thing that I'm going to be trying to do on the high school level a lot this year is putting that in the power of one of my very you know capable students. You know, pick a partner, watch them watch them play. If if you're on the side, that's something that is automatically engaging you. So that's one way. And on a side note, one way to keep your students that are on the side that are not currently playing, engaged in what's going on. Have them assess one of their classmates. Absolutely. And if there's a saying, and I'm probably not getting this right, but <laughs> <laughs> if you learn something and you can teach it, that means you've really grasped or really learned it. And um, I, I think peer assessment is a great way to assess both of those things. Pretty sure you paraphrased that, but I think everyone got get the gist yeah, of, yeah. The, of the statement. I agree 100% peer assessments, not even being able to teach it, but being able to recognize what, what, what someone's doing right and what someone's doing wrong gives you a deeper and a heightened level of understanding. I like to use video analysis as well. Nice. Not just so the student can see themselves doing it, but the student who's either holding the iPad or holding whatever recording device, they can then analyze they can, you know, rewind and, and, and watch and rewind and watch and figure out where a skill broke down and just add a, a new a new dimension, a new level to that assessment as well. We have a projector in our gym, don't we? We sure do. So excited. And hopefully everyone out there does. Yeah. It's an absolute must-have. If not, apply for a P Tech Grant. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's Which, like a must -have. speaking of things that are must-haves, I think making sure that all your technology works before the year <laughs> yeah. starts. Your projector, your speakers, um, your iPod, if you use one. Your iPod, your iPad, any any technological piece you use. Because, again, if you plan to use it and day one comes and the bulb on your projector is out. That guy Murphy. You look awfully foolish. That and guy Murphy's going to show up. The kids get restless. You look like you don't know what you're doing. You start to sweat, start to scramble. <laughs> so I say doing a, a test run of all your technology, making sure that all works. I know I'm looking forward to incorporating more recorded gifts mm -hmm. into, my, into my teaching now that I can project those up on the wall. That's my a, kids, really way, a really good way to model sports cues skill cues absolutely uh apps like v clone where you can put multiple versions of yourself doing different exercises or skills all on all on the same board or on the same wall at the same time 
my kids love videos. Mm-hmm. Anytime we start a new unit showing a, you know, 90 second, two minute video of high level play and letting them know that's what we're working yeah, towards. This is what we're trying to accomplish. So I like to go through my units and pull videos for each unit and have them locked and loaded, ready to go. That way I'm not scrambling mid-year or mid-week to find those. I feel like the more preparation you can do, if I think there is a common theme from everything we talked about, it's just being as prepared as possible Well, before the year starts. I think the more preparation you do, not just the first week of September, but you know, mid-August, whenever you want to get that planning, you know, get that, that work mode mm-hmm. brain started yep. again, the more prep you can do ahead of time, the easier your year is going to start, and the easier your year starts, I think the easier your year is going to be. So those are just a handful of tips and tricks and strategies that we like to use. I would love to hear from you folks if you yeah, have absolutely. any any other things that we haven't mentioned yet, any tips or absolute must-haves that we didn't mention in our in our brief time together. If you folks out there do have anything you want to add, any questions, any new topics you want to hear about, any any jokes, anecdotes, anything you want to share with the Open Forum Podcast, you can always reach us by email at openforumpod at gmail.com. Or if you're a Twitter person like Mike and I both are, you can tweet directly at the show using the handle at openphysed. Or if you have a question for one of us directly, you can always tweet at us directly. My Twitter handle is at physedfreak. And I am at coachmillerpe. We certainly hope that you folks take advantage of these opportunities and reach out to us as soon as you can with any questions, ideas, and truly make this show an open forum. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in. We look forward to chatting with you next time. episode two. And until next time, (laughs) stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphysed.org.